Hey everybody, welcome back to the Middle Age Sports Spectacular. I'm your host, the voice, Dave Plazic. As always, I'm joined by the often imitated, never duplicated, Doug Standard. Doug, how you doing today? I'm great because I thought you were going to say Brian Pepin. Me too. So that, that just made my day. <laughs> yeah, I did much. too. The the overly esteemed Patrick Cullen. Pat, how are you today? Oh, I I'm doing well, David. Thank you for asking. Ah, good. And the uh, and, and Brian Pepe, how you doing? You know, I don't reply to twelve <laughs> texts, and he gets all pissy at me. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Just, Hi, David. How are you? I, I'm very sensitive to that sort of you thing. You are. You know, I, I, I just, back when I got married and, I, and you were my best man, I thought this is going to be a guy who's going to respond to my texts when I, when I want to talk. Again, you should have asked Pat about that. You know, I don't reply. Yeah, I, I could have told I don't you. I the time. You're a very busy man. Yeah. Very, very busy man. You have a lot going on. So how's everybody doing? How's the quarantine going? Great? Good? So we losing good. Are we losing our minds yet? Absolutely. We just found out that daycare is going to be closed till the end of June. So that's yep. nice. Feel good about that. I mean, what's working with from home with a two year old and an eight month old? She's Ten? six months. Six months. That was close. But you were pretty close. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, no. If I had hair, it'd be gone. I'd have ripped it right out. They're so mm. cute, though. They're so cute. Mm. Your kids I are just cute. Picked- yeah. I picture you having a meeting with a salesman and one's just like hanging off your ear. Oh, that literally happens. Yeah. Like I'll have like Skype calls or Zoom calls um, and I will specifically not put the camera on because I've got one over my shoulder. The other one I'm holding by her ankle, (laughs) trying to feed it. Just Sam's out on the deck having a mixed drink. (laughs) You're right. She is. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, I got to go work. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thanks, honey. I got it. Anyway, well, that's good. I thought I'd kick the show off with a really important question. I, I think we've been really digging into each other's psyche lately with some of these, some of these questions we've been asking. So I, I have to know, when given the choice, what is your favorite French fry shape? R- right? This is not an easy question. I don't it's want not. you to just jump at this. Pat, I know you're going to say, I like shoestring. I get it. Straight cut. I just like the straight cut guys. Um, and that's fine. Perfectly fine. But I'm a, I'll start this off. I'm a big waffle fry guy. Ooh. And, and Irish nachos yes. are amazing. Mm-hmm. You're going to take the waffle fry and then you're going to pour that yellow cheese on it. You know, that shit that comes in a can all heated up, right? Throw some chili on there, some sour cream, God. chives. My God. My God. Son of a bitch. Oh, I need to get some waffle fries. It's a nice oh. product. Yep. Pepe, how do you like your fries? Well, you, you son of a bitch. Because my number one overall pick was waffle fry. I, it's not. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, there's not, we can all enjoy waffle fries. So I would say well, I have another one. It's curly fries. Now, I'll eat any fry, by the way. Tater tots, steak cut. Any any kind of French fry. Are tater tots a fry? I think they are. It's. Ooh, I, I think that's debatable. Is that like the hot dog sandwich debate? Oh no. <laughs> I, I think I think, ta- I think. Ta- ta- tater tots being a fry is more than a hot dog being a sandwich. I agree with Pat on this. Oh Pat, I, Ooh, I, I think I'm going to need you to break that down for me. 
421. He agrees on uh, with me. Remember <laughs> it only this day. took to April 21st, 2020. I did say I agreed with you. I, I would like you to break that down. Oh, you agreed with him. I did. I'm not Ooh. used to hearing that. That's why I didn't Nor am I. It feels yeah. dirty. Pat, can you break that down for me? For the Explain. sandwich and hot dog? Well, no. The, the the, sa- you said that specifically that the tater tot is more french fried than the hot dog is a sandwich. Oh. Yes. Because I feel like it kind of depends <laughs> on is how... like the... licking his chops. Yeah. Like, I... I... <laughs> okay, I'm going to bail out Pat once again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Doug. At some point, you do have to draw the line, because if you if you consider the tater tot a form of french fry, then what about hash browns, right? Ooh. That, that's okay. kind of what I was going with. But I... talking, when we talk hash browns, are we talking shredded potato hash browns? Or McDonald's hash browns. Right. Yeah. I haven't had one of those in years. Either way. So, oh, man, I love those. I'd argue or, or that a, a McDonald's hash brown would be... Cause it's in what a constitutes a French fry? It's fried potato. It's a cut, yeah, fried potato. Yeah. So I'm gonna say tater tots is a French but, fry. Oh, I would agree. Oh, yeah. you know is. what? This is where we really need like a lot of listeners because I would love to get, to get a, some other people's opinions on this. That. Let's force our friends to to chime in, like literally force them. Do you want me to call them? We should. Somehow. We need. We need. We a should voice put a poll on this. Yeah. Put up a poll on the Twitter that no one looks at. <laughs> We have a Twitter still? I think we do. <laughs> you wouldn't know because you don't even look at it. <laughs> yeah. I at least look at it. I just don't put anything on it. I just tell all you guys every week, guys, we got to do uh, go on Twitter. We need more content on the Twitter. Okay. Great. Um, but, yeah, uh, if I can't pick waffle because you're picking waffle, I'm going to go with curly because I, like, I like a can. good curly fry. Well, curly it's more fries fun that nice. way. They're fun. They're both good. I'm really fucking blown by this. This tater tot is a French fry thing. I are need you to googling? know. I feel like you're googling. No, hands are free. Okay. Hands are free. Doug. All right. What so I, if, for whatever reason, Pepe didn't take waffle because we have to all be different, and I don't like that because my second pick would have been curly, even though I don't think I've had a curly fry in like ten years. They're like so I just good. never, I just never have them. My style is more to tell you what I don't like. Fair. And I don't like steak fries. Well, I can understand that. I hear that. I, I just don't like them. They're my least favorite. If we're counting tots as a fry, then tots are my least favorite. But steak fries, no thank you. Hmm. Nope. Just a lot they're, of potato they're like, in the steak fry. It's a lot of potato. And yeah. it's it's just, too, I think it's just a touch too you, much. You want more fry. I'll say that when I'm given the option, what I pick the most are sweet potato fries. So I was oh, going to ask, are we fries. traditional or sweet potato? Oh, I didn't even think about we that. Because we were just yeah. talking shape. We were just talking shape. Shit. But sweet potato. Yeah. I love sweet potato fries. They're so good. Yeah. It's... Patrick. It's my favorite. What do you like? Okay. So I'll start off with the fact that I, I like some sweet potato fries are really good. I don't like all sweet potato fries, though. I feel like they're not the they're not all the same, so I, I do like it, it. All depends with the sweet potato. When it comes to regular French fry, I'm probably right there with you guys. I'd probably go waffle one, curly two. I'm gonna be honest though, and and steak fry is probably my least. But you know what? If someone's making steak fries, I'm still excited. I like all fries. That's oh, yeah. Yep. No n- yeah, no problem it's... at all. Right? It, it, it you can't just maybe... really fuck up a fry. No, I might put a little extra barbecue sauce on the steak fry. 
that's about it or ketchup Man. like that i'm good so mm-hmm. let me ask you this yes. you guys ever eaten french fries with just mayo absolutely not that is disgusting nope. um, oh it's really good no i don't like mayo oh yeah i, I love forgot. mayonnaise and i can't believe i haven't done this it's incredible Pepe, you have the you have the taste buds of a twelve year old. I do. I swear to God, does Sam hey, still have to cut the crust off your grilled cheese? No, I can do that for myself now. Okay. I'm hey, a big boy. Pe- Pepe used to be a six year old. He's actually grown with his. Uh, yeah, I had a taco for the first time like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, great. It's insane. The taco. Yeah. You know, the only think... way to to cook a grilled cheese is on those skillets at a diner that they cook the burgers on. That. Is the only place you could really cook a good grilled cheese. The one they haven't cleaned in like ten years. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. The souls of all the burgers of years past <laughs> go into your grilled cheese. It's yeah. Great. I went to a diner once and I got a breakfast and they brought out my toast and my toast clearly had green mold on the side of it. It was like really blatant. How was it? And I told <laughs> I, I told the lady, it's like I've 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 pretty much never amazingly right I've never complained at a restaurant, and I was like you know there's some mold on this can I get some more and she looked at it and she like picked it up and she's like huh yeah I guess so she thought you were a bit uppity <laughs> she was like huh I mean the guy's at a truck uh, a truck uh, a diner and this guy's uh, complaining about mold on his bread fucking snob. <laughs> Been watched, David. Yeah, it's just mold. You're fine. No, anybody, anybody got anything else to add to the? I think it's nice that we know that the middle-aged sports spectacular meal is a middle or a uh, medium rare steak and some waffle fries. Yep, that's a good start. We haven't gotten to all of the accoutrements yet. No, but but that's where we start. Future episodes, Doug. What do you got? Uh, are, Are any of you guys like the freaks at Wendy's who eat? Uh, French fries, they dip them in their frosty. Is that anything Ooh, that you guys do? I've no. never done it. I'd do but it. I, I've heard it, I and would I would do, do it, it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to do it, but I don't want to be the fat guy dipping French fries in his ice cream because <laughs> somebody's going to see it and just be like, oh, look at that fucker. No, pull I, around I, to the I, back I of a building. Yeah. I, I feel yeah, like you it's... do that in privacy. Yeah. I feel like it's known by enough people, though, that you can get away with it now. Where I feel like if it wasn't known and you just did that, they'd be like, that son of a bitch. Seriously, like good people would look at you and go, yeah, yeah, good on you, man. Uh, yeah, I'd do I do that, too. It. Yeah, I yep. get it. Yeah, ain't nobody, ain't no bad, per- ain't no good person judging you for that. Only douchebags. All right. Well, that was a great. <laughs> Really I feel good. like you're setting me up. You're going to follow me at Wendy's and like <laughs> take a picture of me and turn me into a meme or something. <laughs> I already have your car going. bugged. Yeah. Your car is bugged, Doug. I know exactly where you're going. I think that Pat actually had the most professional-sounding breakdown of the fries. I really actually am looking forward to replaying that. He sounded so professional. Oh, thank you. That kid's going like, places. I thought it was like Bob Costas breaking down the French fries. It was really good. <laughs> You guys ready for my fun fact? Yes. I can't wait. And I have a background story for when you hear it, and you're like, no, that can't be real. So the CIA tried using cats as spies in the 1960s. And after five years and over $20 million spent training spy cats, 
they were unsuccessful. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? Let me dig a little deeper into this. Please do. Acoustic Kitty was a CIA project launched by the Central Intelligence Agency, which in the 1960s intended to use cats to spy on the Kremlin and Soviet embassies. In an hour-long procedure, a veterinary surgeon implemented a, Im, implemented, implanted a microphone in the cat's ear canal, a small radio transmitter at the base of its skull, and a thin wire into its fur, allowing the cat to innocuously record and transmit sound from its surroundings. <laughs> but due to problems with distraction, the cat's sense of hunger had to be addressed in another operation. <laughs> So the first Acoustic Kitty mission was to eavesdrop on two men in a park outside the Soviet compound on Wisconsin Ave in Washington, D.C. The cat was released nearby, but was hit and allegedly killed by a taxi <laughs> almost immediately. Oh. I shouldn't laugh at that. It's awful. But you know, you could picture it, right? Like all these dudes in suits with their $20 million cat drive up. They let the cat out. Boom, a car hit With it. like $300,000 worth of equipment in the cat. Right. <laughs> Oh, man. The project was ultimately abandoned due to the difficulty of training the cat to behave as required. I mean, how do you know if you don't try? They gave it a shot, guys. They gave it a shot. Fucking cats. (laughs) The look on those guys' faces. And they're like, all right, go on, cat. And then, bam. You know that taxi driver got a shitload of tickets right after that. Oh, yeah. They wrote that guy's plate down. They're like, we're taking this guy down. Oh, that's wow. The two guys just sat in the car looking at each other going, well, Son well, shit. How do you explain that? I'm going to have to tell the boss that one didn't, didn't work out so well. Mm, that's great. Uh, anyway, let's talk about some sports. Okay. Did you guys hear that the NFL teams will be drafting from home? It's going to be like fantasy football. Yeah. Will Belichick wear pants? Absolutely not. No. He will wear pants. He's going to wear, you know, his normal hoodie. Yep. In, in some sweatpants. Nope. Yeah. I, 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 he doesn't go that far. Power move. He wears his short sleeve uh, hoodie cut with uh, just boxers. Yeah. That's it. Love it. That's awesome. That's it. Solid. And he drafts He drafts his future franchise quarterback with the fourth round pick that he got from the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the University of I'm Georgia. I'm excited for this draft. Jacob Fromm. I just can't wait for – I can't wait for – the first time where someone didn't hit mute in their Zoom call and we get to listen to the stuff that we're really not supposed to listen to. It's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. How are we going to know who the fans boo if there's no fans there to boo? Just any I Jets hope they, like, pump it in. <laughs> That's how you know. When Goodell comes out, they really should pump in the boos. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. It's the first. Who's going to draft Tua? This seems to be the guy that's the most polarizing in this draft. Yeah, so so my opinion on... So I've seen him going to Miami. Yeah. Yep. You go Sorry. first, dog. Then, Pat, Pat, you can go. I was just going to say I've seen him in, in a lot of mock drafts going to Miami, but um, the Chargers need him the most because they need to make a statement and do something, and they need to have um, the potentially more electrifying player in Tua. Mm. At quarterback, I think. Sorry, Pat, go ahead. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, I, he's been mocked at Miami more than anywhere else, which makes sense. 
But um, there are definitely concerns with him. I've read that a few people have even just taken him completely off their draft board. So the the injury risk is real. But I'll also say he, I I saw him as a freshman break my heart, go halfway in the national championship game off the bench and just he win the national championship as a freshman off the bench. He is really really good. He more than anyone else in this draft will be a star if he can stay healthy. He he just reminds me of like a better version of Russell Wilson. I agree. I think he's going to go to Miami, uh, San Diego, or uh, Jacksonville. I think those are the three places you you'll see him. But there is a lot of talk that uh, they're going to draft. Uh, Miami's going to draft Justin Hebert out of uh, Oregon. I, I definitely think Miami will draft a quarterback. It's just will the Chargers, if the I don't think if the Chargers have a shot at Tua, will they take him? And if not, will he fall to Jacksonville? So, fair fair question. I think. What is your your basis for saying he's a better Russell Wilson? Uh, just because he has a lot of the same features as Russell Wilson. Very mobile. Uh, he's a good leader. Um, he just did it with a better program. He's much more advanced in college than Russell Wilson was, right? He did it with Alabama. He won a national uh, championship. That's the problem with evaluating the Alabama quarterbacks. Yep, the, I. It's really hard to evaluate college quarterbacks. Uh, it, that's, uh, I just I get hesitant when you're talking about a future well, Hall of Famer who is as good. The as Alabama Russell. one specifically because there's so much talent on every single Alabama uh, team. Uh, year agreed. After year. you're like, well, right? If if you look at the first three rounds, there is. You know, there's almost double-digit Alabama players picked every year, and obviously the competition that they're going against, they don't have ten picks in the first three rounds. So I I agree with you. It's just watching him; he looks special. Can you say he reminds you of Russell Wilson? Yeah, I would feel better about that. that. That's fine, Dave. To say he's a better Russell Wilson, that's a, so so that's so. A so let me put it this way: his ceiling is a. Russell Wilson upside. Yes, there you go. That that's, He has Russell Wilson yeah. upside. I mean, all these guys have yeah. huge that's upside. Cool. That's what he's saying. He's saying he's going to be better <laughs> than Russell Wilson. Also, Ryan Leaf was a can't miss. So we just talked about teams that need quarterbacks. How, are, how does Jameis Winston and Cam Newton not have a home? How has nobody well, taken a flyer on, on Well, them? Cam is... Is it because of the draft? Do you do they go somewhere after the draft? Poten- that makes potentially. sense. Potentially. Cam is because it's he, he would have to be traded, right? I think if he was a free agent, he would have been signed right. by now. No, nah, they, they um, released him. Oh, they did he's release him. Free to go oh, yeah. Now. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh. He's yep. a free agent now. Damn. Has to be because yeah. of the draft. People have to see where yeah. they fall and who goes where. There's some decent yeah. quarterbacks in this draft. The, the the problem with Jameis is he's yep. so boomer bust. So I, I don't think he's yeah. the guy you look at and say he's going to bring me to the Super Bowl because he, right, he might go into a underdog role in a playoff game and win, and then in a game he's supposed to win, throw four picks, and lose the game. He's a Fitzmagic. Yeah. A better. Big arm. Huge I would arm. say a vet, better version of a Fitzmagic. Yeah. Yeah, he's better. He's definitely super talented. He just makes blockhead yeah. decisions. He's also only what twenty five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's potential to Agreed. you know improve maybe. He, he's like blind, isn't he? <laughs> he sees shapes. No, Jameis. Jameis is legally blind. <laughs> is he really? Yes. His vision is terrible. 
well, legally blind? That, that yeah, that, that, that might do it. Like, he could see with contacts, but there is there is a level of inability to see well. Yeah, he well, he went undergoing LASIK, but he is legally blind. Yes, just confirmed. Wow. Yeah, like, my mother's legally blind, but she wears prescription glasses and can well, see. Well, that explains everything. <laughs> yeah, right. What does he can't it explain? See any. He can't see the people. Oh, I thought you talking about my mom. I was about <laughs> to get real offended. No, your, your mom's a saint. I love your mother. Jameis Winston. She's, she's psychopath. A... <laughs> but yeah, yeah he, no, he just he sees shapes. Di- he has difficulty seeing. Yeah, he sees the outline of a person. Eh, it's a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Wow, that's Oh, yeah, crazy. he just got... Yeah, he did. He just got LASIK surgery in the offseason. It's the first 30-30 guy. 30 <laughs> touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Yeah, that's not what you're going for. <laughs> that's great. No. Tua did have the lowest wonder lick at 13 for whatever the fuck that's worth, which I don't think it, it's worth a whole lot. Lamar Jackson has a wonder, had a wonder lick of 15, and then you have Fitzmagic with a wonder lick of 48, with 50 being the best score. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. They talk so, about it like it's a thing. Yeah. But, like Brady was like 26 or something. I think he was in the 20s. Eli Manning was like 32. If, I remember reading an article once and all these guys. I mean, Eli Manning is clearly smarter clearly than Tom Brady. Than Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, Not even close. It's obvious. He beat him twice in the Super you see Bowl. Him, yeah, when they play each other, the cream rises. He outsmarted him. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, no, any no comment. No, no nothing. <laughs> Speaking of Brady, did you guys hear that? That uh, that Rob Gronkowski is going to the Bucks. I don't. Oh wait, did we have a 15 minute text conversation about this today? We did. And, and your name on here is Gronk's Revenge, so that gave it away. <laughs> not not the best name on here though. Roger McDowell definitely wins. Thank you, Doug. Well, that's in response to Pepe's Keith Hernandez. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't know, guys. Pat with a lowercase p is pretty <laughs> strong. <laughs> Pretty good. It, it was tough to get Jackson a Ben, so I, I I didn't have time to think. I do look forward to what we name ourselves whenever we whenever we get on. We're here. just so creative. We're very creative. Very creative. If only people could see it. Yeah. I guess I could screenshot this one day for our fan for posterity. Yeah, Grant going to the Bucks. The the New England fans are going to be losing their mind tomorrow. Just losing. Their this mind. gave me the biggest revelation, and and I shared it at the end of my rant about OJ Howard and. And, and why the fuck can't he get five targets a game uh, that Doug promptly showed me one of the most embarrassing interceptions I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, embarrassing fumbles off your, whatever you want to call that. Terrible, awful OJ. But clearly he's not, he's not liked. And Bruce Arians is notorious for not really utilizing a tight end in his, in his offense. My personal feeling when I saw that is Grok's best ability right now to me and this offense is his blocking ability and obviously he's a threat if you need somebody in the red zone or if you need somebody within 10 yards he's there um, he, I don't think he has the open field ability that he once did but who knows maybe he took a bunch of steroids and healed up while wrestling Bill Belichick so, traded a wrestler for a fourth round pick not, not just a wrestler he's a champion he's a 24-7 champion that's no joke <laughs> That's yeah, like if somebody tackles him, do they become the champion? If they pin, him, right? <laughs> they need to get yeah. a ref out there to pin him. Earl Hebner's gonna run in from the uh, from the stands. One, two, three. Yeah, that's Make a great sure. question. Can somebody challenge him while he's on the field? It's twenty four seven. Yeah, it's twenty four seven. This could be Vince McMahon's biggest trick. The guy's a genius. Mm. He is. 
And you can't do that on Belichick's team. You would never let it go. But Bruce no, Arians pretty no. progressive. It's not terrible. He wears those cool glasses and that hat. He's usually got that beret. It's pretty fancy, dude. Yeah, he looks pretty sharp. Well, anyway, Gronk to the Bunk should be an interesting adventure. Who knows? Uh, realistically, like Doug pointed out earlier today, he could easily be a top 10 quarterback in that offense. How much he gets utilized, I don't know. How much his body holds up, I don't know. I really honestly predict he's outside of the top 10, but I said he could You're be a Gronk? top 10 tight end, not quarterback. Tight end, yeah. Right. Gronk, right. Gronk's a top five quarterback. Easy. Easy. Easily. Tight end. So no. Yeah, he'll be there. I mean, yeah. I'm concerned that he, he played a very physically demanding position and took a lot of punishment. And I don't know if you take a year off and you come back. It's not the same as if you're a wide receiver just, you know, running sprints mm. down the field for eight years. Not really doing yeah. much else. Not really taking the physical punishment. I don't know. I don't know. Receivers take punishment, man. I think that he's taken a lot of hits. He's had multiple surgeries on his back. He's had surgeries on his arms. Uh, his leg, he had an ACL. I mean, you just your body does not come back a hundred percent from that. A thirty-one year old in the NFL is really like a forty-one year old in that type of position. So, yeah, he has incredible hands. You know what? Randy Moss could go out there and catch some balls right now, but could he get open? Yeah, I don't know. He's also not six foot seven like Gronk, so it'd be interesting. No matter what, it's interesting. It's headlines. They're gonna sell a shit ton of jerseys. I was just gonna say that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's an excellent PR move. For sure. Yeah. I mean, could he have and could he have ten touchdowns? Because he's I, such a big red zone target, and you have to account for Evans and Godwin. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. And I'd I'd also like to take my Amir Garrett pick back now, and I would like to add Gronk to my backyard Olympic team. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Gronk's an elite pick for backyard Olympics. He would went number one overall. Exactly. Yes. We'll throw that out there right now. Honestly, if he was a he would if he was available, yeah. I would have drafted him first. If just he wouldn't have been number Perfect. one overall. Yeah. Instead, you took Tom Brady. Again, I feel good about it. I feel mm. good. You don't yeah. need to be athletic to play those Greatest. games, with the exception of spike ball. You yeah. need no athletic ability to move around. You just got to be able to be accurate. It's going to be interesting in that offense with those weapons to see if he was worth a fourth-round pick and $10 million or whatever they're going to pay him. I don't even know how that cap thing works because he was given he had one year $10 million left on his contract, so that's what he gets paid. Yep. Again, uh, though, just on the jerseys, it's going to make yeah, the money they'll, back. They'll like, sell enough yeah. jerseys and oh, yeah. heads and whatnot. So, that, yeah. yeah, He'll be a huge attraction. And, again, if he catches but, six, seven touchdowns in the red zone, people are going to think, I mean, you got to account for the guy. Yeah. He's a monster, and he's got some of the best hands of any tight end that's ever played. So, I don't but, know. But, but, Dave, how how much do teams pay for a good tackle? I did not I see that worry. coming. Offensive tackle. No. I, no, I, I didn't weird. think he was – Yeah. I didn't think he was ever going to come back. I thought he was done. And I will say this. O.J. Howard is going to get released. And the fact that he didn't go back to the Patriots in that deal speaks volumes to how under his value is not that high. <laughs> oh. It's too bad because he's an athletic freak too. And what he could do in the open field is. is pretty amazing. But it's the things that we don't really see as as casual fans. The route, the route running, the the attention to the playbook. The attentiveness the on the field, the work ethic, the yeah. attitude, and the like—we don't see any of that shit. And that, 
all like means the work a lot ethic folks. makes a huge difference and none of us know anything about it we don't know what these guys are like as far no. as students yep. of the game and we have no idea we don't sometimes, know how they block yeah you know, sometimes those guys in open field have to block for a play we don't know they could be botching play after play oj howard could be doing a lot of that so so like I said, in, in best ball this year, I'm just going to draft a lot of Mike Jasicki, and he's going to do the same thing this year that O.J. Howard did last year. And me That's being the be... Broncos fan, I'm going to draft Noah Fant 8 to 10 rounds too early just to make sure he's on my team. I don't know who any of these people are. You shouldn't. No, not, not yet right. anyway. Just tra- um, draft Travis Kelsey and you'll be fine. Just um, the thing about yeah. Gronk I was thinking about, though, is like how much did he hate the Patriots front office? Oh, he right. Had so, to so him. I, so I went back and I a was lot. like, I remembered that whole thing where he was gonna get traded to the Lions and just said, "Nah, f you, I'm gonna retire instead." Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, like, at that moment, he was like, "Okay, I'm done with this Patriots team." Mm-hmm. Like that, like that moment that Brady had, because like Brady didn't Hi. just come to the decision that he was leaving. He knew a year in advance, like, "I hate this place. I'm out of here." Mm-hmm. And I wonder. I'm thinking uh, I, Gronk is in the I same way. I think he knew two years. Yeah. I, I think both of them two years ago said, I'm done with the Patriots. And that's why Brady lined up his contract so he couldn't get franchise tagged so he could leave this year. And Gronk, re, you know, hung out for one more year, then retired, now came back. And, and so that's my thing right now is Belichick got what he wanted, right? He, I mean, he didn't get Garoppolo, but Brady's gone, Gronk's gone, right? This is his team now. He's going to have five years to turn this team back into a championship team without Brady so he can say he did it without Brady. And if he does, then you know what? Good on him. I'll be a happy Patriots fan. And if he doesn't, we'll be pretty disappointed because he's the one that ran Brady and Gronk out of town. Granted, there's no guarantee that they would have did anything this year anyway, but still, it, it's just it would have been nice for Brady to retire Patriot and, and right. I think this is what Belichick ultimately wanted. So he's got what he's wanted. Now he's got to go perform. Nah, I think it's going to be tough, but we'll see. I, w- I would say that I would have been okay with Brady on a two-year deal, even if his arm was a noodle in the second year of it. Gronk, he just looked really bad his last year. He just looked like a guy who had a lot of injuries and a lot of miles and just took a lot of beatings. I don't think he bounces back. He's just wrecked, but we'll see. Don't know. Not an NFL scout. Wait, what? I try to be one. You sound yeah. like one, though. That's it, why it, I like to antagonize you about this stuff. Is you, you don't know, I don't know, we don't really know. But it is fun to debate, I guess. Yeah, we play da- we play daily fantasy, and every week we think we have the fucking nuts locked in. <laughs> and then the game starts at one and one oh seven. We're texting each other. Well, I'm fucked for the day. <laughs> yeah. Chris Godwin just caught an eighty-six yard touchdown, and I didn't play him. Well, Happens. I have Mike Evans instead. Right. It's yeah. gonna be a Mike Evans game. Yeah. Nope, no, it's not. It's gonna be a Chris Chris Godwin game. Fuck. <laughs> and and the print the part. So this is what I was saying. That this is what brought to my attention that my perspective on all sports really is through the lens of DFS. Like I just look at Gronk, and I'm gonna be pissed off because Gronk is gonna be cheap next year. He's gonna be like 4K on DK, which is really cheap for a tight end with that talent. And I'm just gonna want to play him, and he's gonna get two catches for 26 yards. Yep three catches for 28 yards yep. and then i won't play him uh, and he'll have 90 yards and two touchdowns blocking he'll have great blocking though it's gonna happen so 
Fuck yeah, it'll now. be like week eight or week <laughs> nine. And it's like, this is the Gronk we've been waiting for. But we would have <laughs> lost all our monies week one through seven. So, yep. That's how that's going to happen. And that's how I evaluate every player now on fantasy. Like, everybody's going to say that Brady's going to be phenomenal because of all the weapons around him. He's probably going to be solid. But I bet you he's not going to be great. Anyway, moving on. That's a on. fair assessment. Yeah, it just... Everything I look at is through DFS. It's just and, and Derek Henry that that's the guy that's burned me so many times because I can't get him right in fantasy. I can't. And it was like it when he goes, goes on that second Derek half Henry. run and he's like nine K plus every single week. You're like, nah, he's not a pass catching guy. I'm not going to take him. And then he smashes him for 150 and two, and you're on the outside looking in. Ugh. I'm right there with you, buddy. It's a tough life. It is. I don't know how you do it. It's really miserable. Yeah. Seems it. it Seems we go, I go through the same process every week, right? I get really excited Saturday night. I'm so excited. I wake up Sunday morning. I'm geared up. I'm going to watch some football. I got all my teams made. I did all my research. I feel good about it. Come Sunday after. Come Sunday at 2.30, I'm making afternoon teams because my morning teams all sucked. So I'm pounding away at afternoon teams. I'm like, well, I did all that research, so this is easy. I'm putting them all together. and then Every single t- week. The 4 o'clock starts, and that one quarterback I decided to fade has two touchdowns in the first quarter, and I'm like, oh, oh I fucked again. <laughs> and I picked Zeke, but but it was, uh, you know, Philip Lindsay goes off out of nowhere, and then I'm just depressed on Monday. You're- then I play the Monday night showdown game just to make up for the weekend. Oh, yeah, those single game. Oh, man, yeah. Like, I'm going to make it all up here in one game. And I fucking text and Doug I'm gonna like take 17 the times. String wide receiver, like bottom of the barrel. Like nobody's gonna yeah. have this guy. Well, there's a reason why nobody has that guy. You know, it's that hundred dollar tight end. He's a hundred bucks because he could catch one touchdown and be yeah. worth it. Yep. And, and he that, allows you to cram everyone else never in. Happens. That is how Dave goes through three pint of pints of Ben and Jerry's in a weekend. That right there. Then I just text Doug. You should see the text that I <laughs> sent him too. So angry. I'm like, I'm never playing this game again. I suck. This is terrible. I can't do this. Thursday morning, I'm like, hey, who you got for tonight? <laughs> Awful. I'm usually and sitting there Sunday like, Are you morning. Okay? Yeah, Sunday yeah. morning, I'm scrambling trying to make my teams, and he's just like, well, I like this guy. Two seconds later, and I also like this guy. And I also <laughs> like this guy. And then I've got like 30 texts of wide receivers that Dave <laughs> likes today. <laughs> Problem, I'm like, David. I'm like, we can't it's... play them all, Dave. We have to choose. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And, and then we always happens, choose wrong. Always choose wrong. Not always. This is the ultimate bitch about DFS is you have that one week where you nail it. You just hit it. It just makes you all of a sudden have all this false confidence. Yep. It's so terrible. It's the worst thing. Kids, don't play daily fantasy sports. Oh. All right, let's move on to something less depressing. Well, I can't talk about the Fink. That's depressing. Oh, let's pour one out for the Fink. All right, guys. That WWE no Hall of Famer is. Howard Finkel has passed away, unfortunately. That's sad. Take a moment. That's, it's just really yeah. sad. The voice I like the Fink. WWE. I did, too. That was a different era. That era yeah. will never be replicated. No. He really he was like the my, voice. He was, because he looks like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a thin version of my father. He shouldn't be out in the ring. <laughs> but he was every he single was. match. Yeah. Like, he was never not there for any televised Absolutely. event for I don't know how long. 
1975 he he started yeah wow yeah he was the guy he was the voice that's for sure that's sad we'll miss you fink thank you for all the great memories moving on a little baseball i'm gonna start with pat he's so quiet he's been talked over for like the past 15 minutes 15 years okay i want him to be (laughs) i want him to be a bigger part of this show sometimes i just don't let people talk it's a terrible thing i mean every show is uh, named after him that's something (laughs) <laughs> that is true our first t-shirt will be about him we yeah. know that <laughs> can't wait i don't know Pat, what do you think about thing. clayton kershaw and others getting criticism for saying that they don't want to be secluded from their family for four months to play baseball is it valid um <laughs> you know what you could ask no him, no why so, do you so... love your wife and he's just like no i could tell you easily you ask him this, he's no, like, oh, so, so, fuck, what do I say? Hmm, so it's, it. it's really hard because uh, in one sense, like, I'm very big on family. In another sense, I'm very big on baseball. And in the third sense, I, I'm not big on unions. So with all that mm. being said, a guy like Clayton Kershaw, that's really easy to say because he's going to make uh, nine, whatever. He's going to make over $100 million in his life easy. A guy that's on a one-year, $2 million deal or a guy that's coming off his first year of our, uh, first year free agency or last year of, or even first year of arbitration when this is their first real paycheck, like, this hurts. They need to play. They're not making money. Mm. And, and granted, right, that's the thing. I'm not feeling bad for the Kershaws of the world. I'm feeling bad for that four-year veteran that is still a fringe guy that might not make it next year this is his big paycheck right it's easy for kershaw to say that um and as the players union i I, right if you're looking at all whatever you know 750 or however many players in the union most of them probably want to play to get the money Right. And again, we're not, I'm not, I don't want to talk about the upper 10% that's making millions and millions and millions a year. I'm talking about the other 80, 90% that are making under five a year. Um, and again, right. I'm not saying that they're a boohoo for them. They're going to have to eat cheese and bread for dinner for the next three uh-huh. years. But still, some of these guys, right. This is their I retirement. Like cheese and bread. Is to pitch. <laughs> no, I do too. So I, I, I do think it's a little selfish. Right. It's a pandemic. I I get you want to be with your family, but you get you're in the entertainment business. And for your union brothers, like it's going to help them. It's going to help entertainment. It's what you get paid for. Like it sucks, but your family, I think, would understand. And it's not like they're going to school. You're not going to miss their, you know, school play. I disagree with him. Fair enough. So I get everything that Pat's saying. And I understand it, but I'm kind of surprised because you have kids, you feel that way. Because if you had to take me away from my kids for four and a half months, I tell you, go fuck yourself. There's no chance in hell. It's not going to happen. And I get the idea that you're in the entertainment business. And yeah, Kershaw or Mike Trout or Chris Sale are in the upper echelon. So they can say that, but they can say that. So them deciding they don't want to play is their prerogative, right? I get the union thing, but if they don't want to play because they want to spend time with their family, well, then don't play and spend time with your family. You, you're not going to get paid. I'm not saying everybody has to do that, 
but they shouldn't get criticized because they want to spend time with their family. You know, because when you have a four-month-year-old, they change so much in such a quick amount of time that I'm not leaving them for that long. And I can understand why they would feel that way. I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that, but who are we to tell Major League Baseball players, you got to take one for the team and not spend time with your kids for four months straight and be quarantined in a completely different state. I just think it's wrong. That's just me. So, so, so Pepe, I, I feel like you're not taking the p- profession into account, though. They don't spend most of the time at home anyway. They're on the road half the time. So you're making it sound like they're right. They're always home after dinner every day. They're not always home after dinner. Like that's the profession they chose. It's just going to not see them. And again, they're, they have a lot of technology. It's not like they're not going to talk to them. You're hundred percent right for a four month old, but most of these people probably don't have four months old old anyway. Most like, I I don't know what Kershaw's kids are. But if he doesn't want to play because he's making that decision, who are you to tell him that he's wrong? I, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking of who it as a Clayton Kershaw specific type. It's just all or nothing. Right. So I, I, I don't I didn't really think about it. I guess I don't really care if Kershaw himself doesn't want to it's play. It's a tough one because he's part of a um, union. But let the other guys play. Definitely. Right. That's so my there's, point. There's obligations that you have to a player union. I get that, but you can make all sorts of excuses to put a guy on the bench for a year. They've been sitting on Jacoby Ellsbury for three and a half years because he stubbed his toe. You could make that work. I'm sorry. Mm. And it might just be because I'm a a father. Oh, I think it's a big part of it. I'm sure it is. Who also has a four-month-old? Six. She's six months. I I just want to play devil's advocate here for a second. Because my opinion isn't worth a shit. I don't have kids, so I'm not qualified to really answer this. But if I were a parent and I was told that I would get millions of dollars if I just go and spend four months somewhere else away from them and then I could come back and then I theoretically never had to work again and I could always be there for my kids for the rest of their lives, I think I would take that deal. I don't know that you would. Honestly, I don't know I, if any of us are qualified to answer that. Th- yeah, that's why I prefaced it with. I'm, it's really I think not my Pat thing, and but... I kind of are because we have the kids, though. Yeah. Like, you could offer me millions of dollars, but they're making that anyways, right? So you got to take my salary mm. that I'm making and take me away from them for four, four months. You can't make a comparable decision off of us making millions of dollars. It's not equatable. It's not the same thing. Clayton Kershaw has made a shit ton of money. So to say he's to take him away from his family to make that money, he would say no. If you took me away from my family, I, I just don't think I would do it. I'd figure something else out. No, but but I, I think Doug's point is somewhat valid because it's again, I'm not talking about Clayton Kershaw. I understand why he feels that way. And I I I took it from a standpoint of it's all or nothing but if you've got a guy that is only made that is making three million dollars and he's only made less than a, a million his entire career and like doug said he might only play for three years and that's his retirement money and everything i think mm-hmm. you got to take the four months and suck it up again clint kershaw yeah he's already but made why the is money. that on kershaw 
No, I, I, I know. I'm not saying. Okay. No, he, I, I, I took it as either everyone's playing or no one's playing. Right. I got right. You. So got in, you. in that case, kind of advocate. The only thing, so I was going to say, I just, I just want to play an alternative advocate. Who gives a fuck? Clayton Kershaw's washed up. <laughs> Let's talk about somebody serious. Come on. <laughs> We're not talking about the ace, Clayton Kershaw. It was the ace. It's super tough. I, I could 100% respect, like, your kids are everything to you, and I will never have that perspective. And, and it's hard because I don't have Clayton Kershaw's perspective because I haven't been a successful athlete. I don't have his money, on, and I won't be retired when I'm 36 years old. So that's really enticing. I also wouldn't want to be a father looking back saying I miss out on this crucial part. So yeah. I can see the conflict. There's a lot of, there's a, like the crucial part of the kid's life. So there's a lot of conflicts there. It's really tough. And I don't know what the correct answer is. I do know that sports are incredibly valuable and we need them, not at the risk of everybody's safety. But it was really cool. I was listening to Mark Cuban today and he was on a podcast and he was talking about how desperate a commute, um, a culture, we need something to root for. You know, there's not, there's absolutely nothing going on. There could be, he actually referenced this, and Pat would love it, a, a curling tournament, and the U.S. is going up against the the Canada, and you know what? The whole country, not the whole country, but a lot would rally behind that because it's something to rally behind, and we desperately need something. We need basketball. We need them to figure it out uh-huh. for that without putting anybody at risk. They need to figure out how to do it safely, and uh-huh. yeah, it won't be with fans, but we really, really, really need sports. Yep. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to criticize somebody who doesn't want to be away from their family. But I don't think you need to have one or the other. It's my only argument. Yeah, it could be I both. Don't know. It's... If you don't want to play, don't play. You want to play, play. Yeah, that's where yeah, unions makes shit tricky. I'm not saying it's right. Well, I don't well, like unions no, uh, I thought no, Pat I... made a lot of good, valid points, and I think Doug's devil advocate piece was good too. Yeah, mine was a dilemma that I'll never have to face either. So. When you got puke on you, eight o'clock in the morning, it's a dilemma you don't want to have. Yeah, that's a it's a really tough one. I, I think you guys all made really good points on that. I, I don't know. We could go on for another hour on it. You're, you're passionate fathers. Well, Pat's not, but you are, Pepe. I do love him. I think it's the third kid dilemma that Pat has. He just mm-hmm. I think that's when you just start to love them less. I don't know. Does that that's what happens? That's, that's what happens. Science. Yeah, science. Yeah, sad. I just want to see sports again, man. And we'll get into it in our next episode, but the this Bulls documentary is is everything to me right now. <laughs> anyway, let's end on a high note, huh? Let's talk yeah. about something else that's fun. We're just going to, real quick, give me a random MLB player that was good in the last 15 years that nobody talks about anymore. Pepe, I know yeah. you've been chomping at the bit for this one. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going with a guy, someone no one talks about, known for his defense. Yeah, that's the purpose of this. It's an underrated player, World Series champion. You probably think I'm talking about Derek Jeter. I'm talking about Scott Rowland. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. Scott Rowland. Yeah. Oh, was it's that yours, Pat? That was definitely my number one. Yeah. Oh. 70.1 career war, rookie of the year, World Series champion, seven-time All-Star, eight-time gold glover, and a silver slugger. Scott Rowland. Pretty damn good player. Very good player. Nobody talks about him. You're absolutely right. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go with a guy that's got a career war of 76.5. He's the 24th ranked pitcher all time. He had a less than illustrious end to his career, which is perhaps why he's so forgettable. 
But I'm talking about Kevin Brown. Yes. Played yeah. for the Dodgers, finished his career at the Yankees. He had the oh, infamous oh. Game 7 in New York Stadium, which is just where he got his bell rung. He wasn't right. He was at the end of the, at the, end of the line. His back was shot. And I think that that's just – he was ne- he wasn't on the big stage long enough at his peak, and I think that's why people don't think about. I didn't think player. about him. I was going down the list. I was like, "Holy shit, Kevin Brown!" Yeah, he is a good ball player. Yeah. So, Pat, I know I know Pepe took Scott Rowland from you, but who's your next up? Uh, so I'll I I got a pitcher, and I'll I'll do a few hitters, but Scott Rowland would have been the guy. I uh, Matt Kane. For the San Francisco Giants, I always felt like he got yep. overlooked, um, oh, yeah. just because Lincecum was so big coming up at that time. Only had a twenty nine mm-hmm. WAR, but he had some really good years. He was also a guy that, unfortunately, kind of the last four or five years, and he wasn't that old, kind of just fell off. But he was really good for a really long time, or, or he yeah. was really good for like a seven, eight, nine year period. It was overlooked. Honestly, I, I think people forget how good Andrew Jones was. I'm surprised yes. he doesn't get more Hall of Fame votes. He definitely was a guy that after Atlanta was not nearly as good, but just a guy, just huge power and huge defense, right? You you think of a lot of guys like an Adam Dunn that has the huge power or, you know, a good defensive player like, uh, you know, Omar Vizquel, but he had both. So I right and obviously I I liked him, <laughs> and then uh, the other one uh, he he actually the sad thing about Andrew Jones is he fell off so fast. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. He did. So and, and that's the problem. It, he just listen to this just just real quick. Like his year his seasonal wars. We'll just give like his his last five years. It was six point three, five point two, five point three, seven point nine in two thousand five, six three point three, and then minus one point one. Yeah. He just yeah he fell did off. he tanked yeah it, he he had a ten year it's run too bad. I mean he still finished with sixty seven for a career and and the one of the most he he had a ten year run where he was as good as anyone yeah. in the game yeah and then the other one real quick is actually still playing yeah, Alex Gordon two thousand seven I I think years. he's yeah, a he little was a exceptional player and one of the most elite defensive players we've ever seen we'll see yep last one uh Alex Gordon. <laughs> I, I know he's still playing, but oh, yeah. uh, I, I I think he, he when he first came up, he was kind of known as a bust. He was a really high prospect, third baseman, and uh, he's honestly had a good career. He's still playing, but he's definitely past his prime now. But he was a really good ball player for a long time. Agreed. He was a guy that they almost wrote off. He, yep. he came up as a third baseman and did not live up to expectations. Then they moved him to the outfield, and he just kind of – fell into a he got comfortable and he became one of the better defensive outfielders in the game too so good story mm-hmm. what about you doug jose canseco okay now i'm gonna cheat a little bit because this guy probably is talked about somewhat but he's not talked about anywhere near where he should be in terms of all time or even currently and that's miguel cabrera mm. right he miguel cabrera is like a forgotten guy on a forgettable team and nobody ever really talks about him and he's he's probably a hall of famer already oh yeah easy yep yeah we don't even talk about him in fantasy he's an afterthought he's not even on a roster Mm, it's like Albert pools like so i don't know it's it's kind of weird because he seems like a very likable guy he's always smiling he's always joking like he's got those 
funny outtakes and stuff. The only other one I was going to think of that I did think of was um, Matt Holiday. Yeah. Matt Holiday's a guy, and he did okay. He is a guy that was okay. And he played for the Rockies, which pisses off Dave, and he played for the Cardinals, which pisses off Pat. So. <laughs> That's true. But he was pretty good. He was good. He was actually he was a really good hitter. Despite playing in Colorado, he actually could hit. I like Matt. I mean, not despite, but you know, I think you know, I'm saying like uh, the numbers and such. While they were inflated in Colorado, he actually could hit. Yeah, he did well in Oakland too, and that's. I thought you were gonna say Mo Vaughn. But he really only had... Mo Vaughn, the hit dog. He really only had four. four I saw him years. in uh, New Britain for Double uh, A, the New Britain Red Sox back in the day. I actually, I saw him, my dad took me down there to go watch Oil Can Boyd on a rehab stint. Oil Can. The Oil Can. The old Oil yeah. Can. And all anybody cared about was Maurice Vaughn at first base. <laughs> that was good. That was a pretty good, good list. list. Good show. Not a lot going on in sports right now, obviously, but we, we, we put some stuff together. Had some good conversation. Interesting conversation. Before we get out of here, Pepe, I think you got something to read off. I have. I have another email. It's our second email. Second email. And it's from Ron. And it has to do with the rule changes we talked about in the last episode. Okay. So he said he doesn't watch basketball, but he he really likes the five-point half-court shot. Mm. Um, And he he does like hockey. The change there for him would be to not let the team on a penalty get a player back if the goal is scored. So if you you get a penalty – you're still Ooh. in the box, and I really like that one. I, I do like, like that yeah, one, too. I like that, too. That was really yeah. a good one. That's a good um, one. And he said, let, let him be a player short for the whole penalty, no matter what they scored on. Um, the NFL, he likes the overtime. Uh, both teams get the ball regardless of the score. So if you score a touchdown, he thinks that you should be able to get the ball back anyways. And baseball, I got to agree with him. He hates the drop third strike. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. great call. Yeah, it's a Fuck stupid that rule. That stupid is a stupid rule. rule. A good call, Ron. All right, nicely done, Ron. Way better than most of mine. I was way out in left field, but uh, see what I did there? Way out in left field. It's, what a great dad pun. Oh jeez. Waka waka. All right, that's if that's not a cue <laughs> wow. to get the hell out of here, I don't Ooh. know what is. Follow us on Twitter at ma sports pod or email us at middle aged sports at gmail Pepe is waiting. He loves reading off emails. It's his time to shine. Chomping at the bit. Thank you, Ron, for a great email. Some good insights there. We'd love to get some people's takes on on what we were talking about earlier today. What's your favorite French fry? Let us know. All that good stuff. That's all I got. I'm out of here. Dog, Pepe, Pat, say goodbye. Bye. Peace.